podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the review. The review being a preview. This is in association with Red's Bet uh, as it's going out as a freebie uh, for all Anfield Rap listeners this week. So thank you very much to Red's Bet for uh, ensuring that that happens. Uh, that's what they are about. More to come on Red's Bet uh, through, uh, halfway through this show. Uh, but I've got Paul Cope and Sean Rogers with me. We do the review every week on the Anfield Rap and it normally takes a look at the game Liverpool have just played uh, in quite a, a gentle, tactical, we'd like to think analytical way. We might be kidding ourselves. Uh, <laughs> but that's the way we should go about our business. I've got Paul Cope and Sean Rogers. And this time, it's a it's a review preview is the way we're going about it, Paul. And we're going about it for a European Cup final. And I think the first thing, and I hope it comes across all the shows this week, the first thing that has to be emphasised is the sheer brilliance that we get to do this for a Champions League final, for a European Cup final, for the showpiece of club football, for the greatest prize in the game. Absolutely, yes. And we've all been banging on about this for weeks, it? I look as we've gone along I've been banging on about it a lot and some people have been giving me stick for that and you can give me as much stick as you want every time we get to a European Cup final in my life I will do the same thing and this is my third one by the way in my adult life I just I can't believe anyone's not just absolutely loving it every second of it because he and look I'll say the line but I don't mean this even if we get beat we got beat in a Champions League final by Real Madrid it's not that bad a season compared to everybody else in the league, everybody else in Europe, the vast majority of swap with us. I've been saying this for, for a couple of weeks now. Who, even before the Brighton game, when people were losing their heads, everyone in the league would have swapped with us then. Apart from Man City. Well, and this is the other point. I think even, and people go off their heads about this, I know they will, but there's even an argument that if you said to Man City on that day, do you want to swap? What do they say? What do the hierarchy at Man City say? Pep Guardiola came out afterwards and said, yeah, 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 it's all about the league. It's all about the league. It's not all about the league though, Pep, is it? Because you've won three leagues out of six there and you haven't come close to winning the Champions League as, as Man City. And that's what it's all about. They want to win the Champions League and we've got a chance. There's one game here and that's it. That's all that matters. It's one game, Sean. It's the biggest game of these footballers' lives. It's interesting Liverpool went off to Marbella. Bit of sun, a uh, bit of rehab, I suspect. A lot of tactical work, I suspect. Probably not that much intense work you would have thought, though you never know with Jurgen Klopp. But it strikes you that it's... Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued, you know... There's no point lying to them. There's no point trying to tell them it's just another game. It's not just another game. They're not thick. They'll, they'll, they, they know what this is. They know what's on the line and they know that it's the biggest game of their lives. Yeah, that's, that's a difficult thing to manage because... It- in any sport you can take losing us as fans may be a little bit different but I think if you're involved in the backroom staff of a side going into finals and, and big games like that um, you you can't control the result and, and that's part of the fun and the excitement of it isn't it the only thing that you can try and control is executing your game plan to the maximum and, and having a performance level which is as close to your best as possible and I think in a way we've seen this with Man City and Chelsea perhaps that sometimes that's a complacency thing um, you know, where sometimes they win a title or two back to back, and then it's really hard for them to maintain that motivation and focus. We've seen ourselves in 13, 14, and, and maybe with this group of players in the Champions League, there's there's a fine line between that kind of that raw passion and that excitement, and then not having had the experience of being successful in situations like this. Mm. And if you have too much success, it can sometimes be a bit of a complacency thing, and that'll be the interesting thing with this this Madrid side in that you know do you see the kind of the, the better versions of Paisley and Fagan's Liverpool that just seem to swag around because this is what we do mm. kind of thing or do you get a little bit of that complacency where they go well this is what we do so you know we just need to we've seen enough of Liverpool conceding goals and late goals and getting at them and that kind of thing whereas we've seen ourselves with the exuberance of this team I think as long as we see Klopp be Klopp as long as we see this Liverpool team be the Liverpool side that's all I want to see and us play to a certain level and if it doesn't if it doesn't happen I'm like honestly I am so cool with that it's like Paul said um, I'm embracing every day of this before during after you just you know you've, you've got to just enjoy it as long as we do what we do what I don't want to see is I felt like in Athens that the Liverpool team that we, we went out with that day, it, 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 it set up the way that we played, even the team selection. It just didn't feel quite right with what we'd seen that season for me with that Liverpool team at its, at its absolute best. And I don't think we'll have this problem this time round that, you know, win or lose, it has to be doing it our way. 
in our style. And I think that's where a trip like that helps because there's less media attention. And the more important thing that you don't remember, a lot of them players have got young kids, young families, you know, inundated with friends. You're in no control of who's coming around to your apartment, your house, lack of sleep, everything. And a lot of these players will be absolutely, and it sounds horrible this, but who, trust me, with two young kids myself, getting away for a week with a bit of sun with the squad to just relax can be absolutely massive for them. And I think getting that Liverpool team to understand maybe that the focus is on winning it because that's, you know, if, if you're trying to motivate a group, yeah, you, you've got to have that. They don't need any motivation for this. Everyone knows how big it is. I think the more important thing is to focus on the things you can control, like your discipline, your tactical discipline, your level of performance and getting the right balance and nerves, really. And, and Klopp's probably more a psychologist now than he is potentially a coach because in that in he needs what at least 11 probably 14 players to win this and therefore all of them you know Paul I know is quite big on all this but all of them will have completely different per- you know some that you think might be the cocky ones you maybe need to rein that in the nervous ones anyone being uncommonly quiet when they're not normally do you know what I mean it's mm. difficult how you get that steely focus and get the mind right because in pure ability wise this Liverpool team have got the ability to hurt Real Madrid like like possibly no other team in Europe. Mm. So I, th- I think the most important thing for this Liverpool team is just to make sure psychologically we turn up and, and deliver what we what we think is a is the kind of performance that you can expect against Real Madrid. You know, we're not playing against Brighton or Huddersfield or anyone like that. So as much as we'll be at our best, there's only so much you can do against eleven lads who are dead good trying to stop you doing what you're dead good at. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I think. It's been noticeable the tone from the manager, from all the media stuff that's come out. Paul is is that is Henderson discusses staying angry. Klopp's mentioned it a couple of times. Klopp's also talked about you know it's, it's on our terms. We've got to play on our terms, and I think that that's you know I I echo Sean's point. I'll be absolutely devastated if we get beat, but I'd be even more devastated if we got beat because I felt I felt as though we compromised what we were about. I don't think there's any chance of that. Not not least because I don't think there's much choice of it. I think that there's actually more choice for them, which we'll come on to in a minute in terms of how they approach it. But for us, you know, he's his eleven probably broadly speaking picks itself. I don't anticipate any surprises, and so therefore his approach sort of has to as well. Yeah. I, I I couldn't agree more, and I think it was really it was really interesting after the last game of the season when when Klopp came out and said I know people were saying a draw was enough, but I don't know how to play for the, a draw. I, I don't know I don't know how you do that, and and that's the thing that gives me comfort more than anything that this is a side that win win or lose I was going to say win lose or draw then there is no draw win or lose on Saturday. I think we'll see we'll see a Klopp Liverpool team, and if. And it's a little bit like going into the second leg against Roma when loads of people were shitting themselves. And I, I said to everyone, at the end of the day, if Roma can knock us out from here, they deserve to go to the Champions League final. It's as simple as that. And if we turn up and we play the way we can play and Real Madrid beat us, then fair play to them. They deserve their three in a row. And and they'll show why they have won three in a row. And look, I, I, I'm as much for the bravado and the hyperbole as everybody else. And I've been bigging us up and saying we're going to battle them and all the rest of it. This is a this is a phenomenal football inside where we're going to play against. And we're going to go on to talk about the individuals and the tactics and all the rest of it. They they could do to us what we can do to them. They've got a lad up front who could score three overhead kicks and no one would bat an eyelid. And that's just how good they are. So, yeah, it, for, for us, it's all about... Turning up, making sure, as Sean says, psychologically everybody's everybody's firing. One of one of the things that comforts me on that score as well is how close this group is. When you, the the Henderson interview that, that he did with the Mail at the weekend, and lots of people were talking about, it and it's and it's great that and for all the stick he gets, which uh, I know, like another thing being labelled at the Anfield rap now is there's like some sort of like PR machine in, in favour of Jordan Henderson. It's just because we all really like Jordan Henderson. And, and me and you have had this chat in the past, Neil. That, well, to be fair, that's the only way we get our tickets. Like, that's the only reason. Like, like Jordan sorts all of us out. Like, none of us had to go in the yeah. ballot and anything. I mean, yeah. you, you're going to video a bus, but Jordan sort of the chart flight. Yeah, yeah great, really. Well in Jordan. It's like a clever studio that they're yeah. going to pretend they're in a bus. <laughs> you, of course, murder with that now. Absolute murder. Um, but yeah, like, you can see just in, in the words, he says he will be spending this week making sure everyone's all right as the captain of the club he won't be going within himself he won't be thinking about his performance he'll be thinking I want every one of these lads 
fit and firing and he'll be checking. And we've talked about this in the past with when Paco left and, and Rafa lost that link between him and the players and Klopp's got that bond. But Sean will know this from the footballing sense and we all know from a business sense. Having those people in your team who can speak to the to the players in a way that you can't as the boss. At the end of the day, when you're the boss, there is a certain level of distance between you and the people who who work for you in any in any industry. And he's got someone there who is a captain in every sense of the word, who will be making sure that everyone's all right in, in the ways that the boss can't. The lads who don't want to say to Klopp, I'm shitting myself here a bit, you know, boss. They might say to Jordan, do you know what? I'm a bit nervous here. And and I trust him to be able to handle that and, and make sure everyone's all right. Yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, I think tactically for Klopp, I'll ask you to the question in a minute, but he's probably got one tactical decision, I think, to make. Zidane's probably got more options based on what he's been doing recently, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. I think, like I say, losing Buvac is probably more of, of an issue for Klopp than it is actually the players. I, you know, I don't think it's that. It's, and, and certainly less so than with Paco and Rafa, and we're doing that with a bit of guesswork, but that's, that's the kind of vibe we get. Um, I think, especially in this kind of an environment, it's not so much of an issue. And I think Liverpool are fortunate that um, not just that they've got Jordan Anderson, but the timing of the Van Dijk signing, I think, is perfect. In that it's gone really well for him. Um, he sort of cruised through, so his confidence is going to be really high. Mm. And this is the whole point that he signed for Liverpool as well. So as, mu- as, as, as much as, um, you know, I'm a bit nervous about how the Liverpool playing squad handle this psychologically... I think probably, hopefully, the, the new signings in a way, rather than the ones that have been there. Like, say Coutinho was there. How many finals have you been beating now? How many years has he gone without a trophy? That brings its own kind of pressure, doesn't it? Which could be a good thing, mm. could be a bad thing, depending on how you channel it. Whereas I think the likes of Van Dijk, maybe even Salah, are able to just be really enjoying well, This is why I joined this club. And and if you look at it over a period, if I'm Klopp, I'm saying, look, boys, you know, we're going to be competing for league titles and we're going to be in loads of semi-finals. But once we get to that stage, there's an element of luck with injury and refereeing decisions and everything else. So we're not going to win them all. And we're not going to, you know, who knows you could lose them all, especially with this record. I suppose in finals, you'd have to be careful how he phrases that to the group. You don't want some smart ass lovering at the back. Hey, hey, you have <laughs> yeah. lost all yours. Yeah. Um, but you know what I'm trying to say in that it's more about over that spread of games and big games, what gives us the maximum chance of being successful? At the end of the day, with this current Liverpool team, it is by being us. It is by approaching it in our way. And it is trying to foresee with a crystal ball, if Madrid score, how do we best react mentally? Because the sport and elements will take care of themselves. You know, if we go one nil up, how do we make sure that we don't we don't deal with that in the way that we as a group don't want to deal with it? You know, we don't want to drop deep and try and see out 70 minutes because we're one nil up, but at the same time, we don't want to be going hell for leather getting the second. Mm. So th- there's a balance in that for this Liverpool team to try and manage your way through the game because that's one thing for Klopp in this environment. And it's worse in a final than any other game, I think. That it's hard for the manager to be detached when you've got that much going on. That's where I think Buvac might be a factor more than anything is that, is that you know, I know myself in finals and stuff, you know it's a big game, you can try all you want, but in it, that 90 minutes goes very, very fast, faster than probably anything else, and you've got a lot to think about. And with the ways Zidane changes system and stuff during during games, not having someone next year, if, especially if things aren't going too well, hopefully that's not the case. That's probably where Klopp loses a bit. I don't think it's a thing for the players. I think the only thing Klopp and his team can do is prepare the, the squad as best they can for every eventuality, but they need to buy into that. There's no point telling them to deal with a situation mm. in a way that they don't want to handle it. But they'll have done all this through the course of this season. And I think it's just them gentle reminders from a psychological point of view to make sure that they're embracing this and and, and give the most positive performance they can. You said there's one tactical decision for Klopp to make. What is it? I was going to ask you, Sue, what you do. I, I think he's probably got three options here. Um, he either goes with his usual tactical setup and knows that Marcello's going to leave. Now, look, Marcello doesn't just leave that space open for 90 minutes, by the way. You watch if Madrid are winning a game and they want to shut up shop, they can still do a bit of a Mourinho and lock in and Marcello will behave himself for a bit. But I think whilst the game's in the balance, or particularly if we're leading, I do think you see Marcello bombing on. So does Klopp say, OK, well, I'm happy for Marcello to go that way and cause Trent a problem because I've got Salah going the other way and I think he's going to cause them a bigger problem. So that's option one. You just do your normal thing. And I know some managers who have done this where I've said to them, 
bit of a tactical problem down there. And he's gone, yeah, but that then gives us, that gives them a tactical problem, doesn't it? And I go, what are we going to do? And he'll go, we'll see how the first 20 go. And we'll just hope we get a bit of luck. It, 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 you know, see if we're getting the better of them or they're getting the better of us with that arrangement. And then we change it then. Now, the alternative you could do is he, if I'd seen Firmino play better on the left-hand side, you maybe go, right, play Firmino left, Mane right, and put Salah down the middle. And then go to Mane, you track him. But then when we break, I reckon you can outrun him. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you can still explode. But then we've got Salah running into that channel from centre-forward position. So you still let Marcello go, he's tracked, but you've got your fastest player to spring into that zone. That is moving the front three around in a way that Klopp has not really done this season. In the odd time, Firmino's moved left and Salah Central City away is interesting that he makes that change because I think that's what he's trying to do. He knows City have got to push on and score. And I think rather than Salah be confined to the right, he's looking for Salah to spring into them kind of channels. So that's one option I think he's got. The other one, which is, I think, what he might do, is just tweak our model that we've referenced on it before for it to be a little bit more diamondy, like we've seen. Because then, when Alden can maybe get out to Marcello, and you've still got Salah and Mane's pace up there to spring into them kind of zones. Because um, I think that's a key tactical battle that we're all expecting, at least for a period of the game. Marcello will be bombing on, and he's a he's a threat for Madrid. But at the same time, that is one. If I'm Zidane, he's got a big call to make over what gaps he's willing to allow this Liverpool team because he has to allow us to play somewhere. So where does he allow us to play? So if you're Klopp, what do you do? Do you go with the normal thing? How do you deal with Marcello? Do you move things around a bit with the front three or do you go a little bit diamondy and try and find a compromise? We'll talk about that after this. A quick break in the review show. I uh, hope, hope you enjoy it. It doesn't normally go out to all Anfield app listeners. Uh, normally it is a subscription show, but I hope you're enjoying both Paul and Sean. But with me now, I've got John Gibbons. Uh, this review show today is courtesy of Reds Bet, and Reds Bet are part of the Fans Bet umbrella. And today, John, it's been uh, the Shrewsbury Town launch has taken place of the rail seat and places that they're putting in there. And uh, Fans Bet were part of that. They they helped the supporter groups achieve their goal, and they gave them a £10,000 financial contribution. Yeah, the whole thing is a, is a really nice success story generally. I think um, those of us who support safe standing which has been proven to be the majority of, of regular football fans in, in any kind of surveys and polls I've seen so uh, it, it's a good day for, for, for those of us who, who support safe standing who, who support choosing to, to watch football in that way and Shrewsbury Town are the, are the first ones to do it they crowdfunded which is obviously a, a new way of, of raising money for things yeah. and um, the Anfield app helped contribute but um, in a much larger way um, fans better done it and that's really good because it's, it's good that they've done it but also we've been involved with the company for a while and people have asked us about our involvement and why you got involved and and why we we, we chose to, to, to choose to choose fans better as, as our first kind of main partner really and, and one of the reasons was their, their commitment to fan causes and this is the first big example of that really so it's it's great for them it's great for Shrewsbury but it's also good to, to show that that why we, we, we put our trust in fans better and, and you know the, these are the kind of things that they will be looking to get involved with more and more the more that they grow. Yeah, I mean, it's noticeable in the last 14 days, you know, fans better partnered up with trusts, supporters trust for Crawley Town, Millwall and Shrewsbury Town. And John, you know, we know, and I just want to make it clear to the listeners really that Reds Bet is, is one part of the fans bet offering. There's going to be more Liverpool specific stuff that they're working on yeah. uh, as they grow the Reds Bet arm and they, you know, they want to see because Liverpool the size of club we are. But it is just one part of this, this wider whole, which is looking to engage in, in supporter causes, in supporter initiatives. And I think that they're both important words. It isn't just charitable stuff. It's the idea of trying to empower supporters to take the initiative on issues such as safe standing slash rail seating I prefer to refer to it as rail seating but you know there is it is that idea that there's there's that they're there to, to for, for people to speak to and see if they can work with yeah I mean if you bet with Reds bet then you guarantee that your money if you lose goes to causes that are close to Liverpool fans and close to important to Liverpool fans and that's great but obviously stuff like this is important to all football fans and, and that's what fans of most clubs will end up doing and, and the more kind of trust they get involved and the more initiatives the fans find out about, the more that they can support things like this. So I know it's not just a check that they've written in this, they've actually helped out in lots of other ways in terms of promoting it, in terms of getting the message out there. The, the, the um, launches tonight and, and they're going to be filming it and making sure everyone knows 
Well, yeah, do what, look out for that. Some people should look out for that. Yeah, look out for that onto the videos. It's because to make sure what everyone knows, because one of the frustrating things about um, rail seats in generally is that, you know, there still is a bit of kind of a misconception over what it is, over how safe it is and, and what it means and, and what supporters are actually asking for. So any, any organizations, be it sponsors, be it, you know, companies like France Metal or any kind of attention that can be drawn to the fact that this is much safer than, than a lot of people believe it is, then then that's fantastic. It is indeed. So please do engage with all of that stuff. This isn't just us asking for you to to look to gamble with Red's Bet if you are going to gamble, but we do say that on the shows and we do mean it. You know what I mean? We're not this is our partnership with them has not been uh, off the aim of, of of converting people to the cause of, of gambling. It's very much saying to people who currently choose to do so and enjoy it and do so responsibly that they can do so responsibly with Red's Bet. So if that falls for you, that falls for you. But we also want you to be sort of aware of everything else that is going on, that they are working away behind the scenes. It is, I think, a little bit of a of building the plane and flying it situation for them at the minute but you know we've gone out there we've met them in Manchester we've got enormous faith in them that they're, they're very much an organisation fans bet with the Reds bet part of that that wants to engage and help football supporters as much as possible so if you can support them please do so uh, and you can support them not just by the gambling but as I said before by sharing the the work that they're doing around this 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 rail seating thing in Shrewsbury and other work as well as and when we draw it to your attention uh, and if you are going to gamble we say gamble responsibly we say be gamble aware and you can find that be gamble aware org website on there as well and in the meantime it's redsbet.com if you do want to sort of sign up with them should we get back to Sean and Paul yeah we let's let's we're back Paul, Sean, Neil Paul what are you going to do Sean's laid it out for you yeah I was thinking about this on the way in um, my my gut instinct is we often talk about what does the opposition want you to do and I think let's put boots on the other foot if we see Cristiano Ronaldo tracking Salah we're thinking, great, keep him away. Keep him as far away from our box as you possibly can. Not bothered. So on that basis, I'd say to Salah, all day long, cheat, and we'll sort it out. And I, and I, I think if I'm Jordan Henderson going into this game and I, if Genie's the one playing on the right all week, I'm watching videos, I'm sitting down with Klopp and the, and the coaching staff and I'm saying, right, how do we deal with this? Because we've got a young lad there who struggled in Rome. We all saw that. They will target him. The irony is there's a, there's a, their right-back's a target as well. So there's, there's a bit of a skewed pitch here. Um, but it's going to happen. We know 100% it's going to happen. That's their strength. That's where all their big hitters go. We've got to look after this young lad in a European Cup final. How do we do it? And I think that's... I'd be amazed if that isn't what the week was about. How do we protect... Trent whilst free and Salah and I think what you're saying about what we did at City could potentially happen certainly it'll be I think the most interesting thing is what does Zidane do because we, we know pretty much the team don't we we don't know what his team's going to be something that'll stick in the memory of Henderson as well um, probably not any of the other midfielders actually is that look they're not at the peak but Cruz and Modric have got the ability to control a game of football for very long periods mm. almost like a cat with a ball up well, do you know what I mean? And that's your difficulty that you know, I'll keep Salah up there, but then how do you how do you help Trent on the right without giving yourself all that space? Because the last thing yeah, look, Modric and Cruz can dominate a game when you're tight. Mm. Give them room if they're on it. It becomes very difficult for Liverpool. I think all of the, a lot of this I think a lot of this becomes the same solution in that I think We'll come on to talk about how we think they're going to line up, but we know they're going to line up with Modric and Cruz, and then there's a bit of a question as to whether or not they're going to start Casemiro. Mm. I think they will, and I think yeah, there's evidence to argue that they will, both the weekend's game, but also they play Casemiro away at Juve when they win 3-0, and that to me feels like a bit of a marker point. But I think I think he leaves Salah up, and I think he does a hybrid between your option one and option three. I think, he, I think it's just a small tweak, in that I think Mane, we've seen anyway, has been playing closer and closer to what Klopp would call an eight, Mm-hmm. At times, and I think he's sort of going to want the idea of what. For, let's talk about what the strengths are. I think you think of what Firmino gives him, and Firmino gives him the ability to occupy two centre halves and and Casemiro. So suddenly now, if they're playing four, four lads who are approximately centre mids, which is the way in which they do tend to line up, however they sort of move them around, however you, however you do your notation. But we've took Casemiro out, so now it's three, and I think he'll think. We want to be four on three on those on Isco. If it's Isco, Modric and Cruz, we want to be four on three. Yeah. And we almost want to be three on two on Modric and Cruz. 
And we almost allow the idea that Henderson's just going to have to deal with Isco to some extent. If Isco is going to be the one who's breaking through the middle and Modric and Cruz are going to try and control the game like the cat with the ball of string. So that's where we pick our moments, we outnumber and we absolutely blast them. But as part of that, I think, therefore, you end up in a situation where you haven't quite got a diamond, you've got something a bit more lopsided. So you've got the idea that Salah plays where Salah plays. Firmino sort of plays as a lone striker. And then and I, for me, if you say to me now, Sadio Mane is going to have a 9 out of 10 game, I'll say to you, I think we've won the European Cup. I think Salah can have a 9 out of 10 game and we can get beat 4-3, 3-2, maybe even 2-1. But I think if Sadio Mane has a 9 out of 10 game, I think we win the European Cup. And I think the extent to which he's that most, he is the most important player on that pitch in this game for Liverpool because he's going to be asked in the same way Firmino has been, but we know Firmino can do it. We've seen him do it all over the country. We've seen him do it to Fernandinho. We've seen him do it to the best in the world. I think Mane's the one who I thought he was really good in Rome. And I think if he has his nine out of 10, then he can help that midfield three. He can then help that midfield three shuffle along and play on a bit more of an angle, a bit more of a something that's a bit more lopsided and still do the explosive stuff, not just to pin a fullback back, but to also put Modric and Cruz under real pressure. And I think that's... I think You're thinking Wijnaldum will be the man to go out and help Trent with? And I think they just all move along a little bit. Wijnaldum, Henderson, they're sort of both in that zone. Milner's got to sort of come in and now suddenly Mane's got got much more to do around the Modric and Cruz sort of area. But then if you're Klopp and I watched the video of Modric and Cruz that I sent you today and I thought it was a great video. It just shows what they do and it shows it as strengths and my God, it is a strength. But if one of them's off a little bit, if one of them just has, has a bad five, if one of them... You know, if one of them just gets a bit overrun, if Liverpool pick their moments, I was looking at that going, that's exactly where we want to win the ball. Yeah, That's exactly where, where Modric and Cruz were on that video that I showed today. And it's these lovely videos, listener, I know we can't all watch the same videos, but I'll, I'll get it tweeted out. These lovely videos where they pick it up, sort of, I'd say, not quite in the final third, but about 10 yards shy of the final third. And they, they step forward and win it and they dictate play from there. And I was watching it thinking, God, when that looks good, it looks good. But if Liverpool pick up, you don't have to pick up 10 of them. You pick up three or four, Paul, and I was thinking, if we pick up three or four with what's behind them at that point, we absolutely turn and go. Yeah, and this is the, I mean, this is the intrigue about this final, isn't it? Is that I, I could, I could sit here and this is like, like old school legal training for me and John here. We could sit here and argue both sides to a, to a four-two win because they, I mean, I said before the quality they've got, but and this is a big but. What you just said, and and look. We've, we've all been doing it. I'm sure everyone at home has been doing it, watching videos of them going back over the previous games, looking at what they did against Spurs, looking at the Munich game. Carvajal, 30 seconds into the, to the Munich game, is caught with the ball. Because our big threat to them is they're not going to be used to our pace. They're not used to that intensity. They don't. We t- we've talked about this all season, the problem Premier League teams have with it, because they only play teams like us, City and Spurs, six times in the course of a season. Well, how many times do Madrid play teams like us? When we're watching those videos of of Cruz and Modric, they're not playing against lads like us, snapping into them. Your your point about Manny is a great one. Because if I'm Tony Cruz and I'm used to just having a ball, get a touch, have a look up, a few seconds, don't get it wrong, these are elite, the, the, the highest of the elite players. They can deal with a bit of pressure. But when you've got Sadio Manny pre- pressing you from one side, then you've got Firmino pressing you from the other side, your blind side, and then you've got James Milner coming in and smashing you from the other side. Can you deal with that? Is that something you can do? It takes me back to when we used to talk about Rafa's tactics and it was all about turning Vidic against United. Turning, he always, he'll turn to his left. And when he turns to his left, his out ball, because he's got a weak left foot, is Evra at left back. So he used to just get Dirk out to go and just stand on Evra. So when Vidic turns around and looks up, he's just got Dirk out waving at him. And I can just see, I can, I can envisage a lot of that going on. Tony Cruz looks up and goes, where's Luka Modric? He's my ball here. And all he can see is Firmino looking at him, saying, you can't pass it this way, mate. And just that split second, James Milner's on him then. Sadio Mane's the other side. And then we're away. That's our our sort of, watching some of the goals that other teams have scored against them, there's been a few sort of, that I would call Liverpool trademark goals, yeah. scored against them. Juventus with yeah, Higuain, Higuain well. coming in. Munich with going out wide and... The, the one we, we've scored a lot of this season where we're breaking and it's it's played into Firmino's feet and he and he allows people to run off him. How did they... When we're, talk, we're talking about Madrid here a lot, how did they deal with that going the other way? I think the, the interesting thing for Zidane on this is whether actually he wants to 
lay any traps. It's whether with a team that's won two European Cups, this is the problem, and mega stars in the dressing room. Um, what res- ignores it, Dan? What respect do those players have for this Liverpool team? Because um, it'll be a mixture. Mm. I think you know, and I know that in any dressing room when you're coming up against opposition, especially Liverpool are a weird opposition to come against because you could be able to make a case if you're in their dressing room for going. The fourth in that league, they don't win nothing. They haven't got any winners in there. I don't know who some of them players are on the squad. Roma, beat them, on the Roma beat them 4-2 yeah. in their last game in this competition. They're leaking goals last 20, blah, blah, blah. On the other hand, you are players in that dressing room. Might even be depending on what position they play, to be fair. <laughs> Pretty terrified about what they can take a game away from you in the blink of an eye. And I think the key thing for this, I think actually ignoring everything else that are all important, I think the most important thing is this Liverpool team have a good first 20 minutes. I don't say they have to take the lead, but I just think it settles our lads. I don't think they're going to they're have none of these problems, Madrid. Madrid's biggest weakness will be if they need to wake up. Because as much as Zidane can say, they'll pressure dead quick. They'll break on you dead fast. It's like anything. If you imagine you play non-league or you've played, even if you play crap level Sunday league, you look at the last twenty minutes you've played against someone compared to the first twenty. You know so much more about the game, don't you? Mm. That that if you know got anything about you, you start figuring a bit out, don't you? It's that first twenty minutes where you go, he's dead fast, you know, and you go, all right, well I'll give him a yard. Shit, I should have given him four, right? It's them little moments where you have that benefit. And I think with this Liverpool team, we've seen so much. Not always first twenty. But in, before the managers got him in at half-time, before they've had a chance to breathe, we've seen this Liverpool team cause massive damage to teams first half. Um, some of the best teams in Europe we've absolutely destroyed in the first 45 minutes. And I think that's the thing, is that Cruz and Modric will know at half-time when they have a breather just how much time they do or don't have on, on it. And the Madrid defence will know a little bit more about how we're breaking and how we're playing. Mm. I think the thing for Zidane is how willing is he to potentially play possession-based football and risk us breaking? Or does Adam maybe look to go, well, actually, I don't want this Liverpool team getting in behind us. I'm quite happy sitting a bit deeper and letting them come on to us. Because, you know, this Zidane team isn't what you might think. You think, imagine years ago you'd have gone as Zinedine Zidane team in charge of Madrid. You're thinking it's like Cruyff's dream team, don't you? Yeah. And it's not. It's a lot more pragmatic Well, and a lot more organised at spells and games than you might actually it's, think. I want to talk about this, and this, Paul, is my, you know, from having looked at the videos, <clears throat> having read the articles, having spent a bit of time, saw some of them against Villarreal, look at the way they line up against Villarreal, it's either 4-3-1-2 or it's 4-1-3-2, depending on where you think Casemiro is in the line and Cruz and Modric, and how you, it's probably even 4-1-2-1-2, if we're honest about it. Strikes me a couple of things. The first thing is the front two don't really play as a front two. They, it, it's very Suarez Sturridge for me. It's very, these are two lads who are both looking for service from elsewhere. Um, that doesn't make them any less dangerous, I'd argue. Possibly it makes them more dangerous. I and mean, it's interesting, we've been talking about Trent, and I think it's a really valid point, you know, to talk about the idea of Marcelo with Trent. But for me, what I'm most concerned about is both fullbacks, back post balls, yeah. things in the air coming across, and that's both full-backs. And that would be the case if we had practically any full-back in Liverpool's history. That would concern me. I read something today, 28% of Real Madrid's goals in the 16-17 season were headers. And again, you wouldn't think that was a Zinedine Zidane thing, and yet Zidane was very good in the air, you know, but you wouldn't have thought, you'd have thought it would be all knocking it round. That's where, that's where I'm concerned, that you know, if Bale and Ronaldo get a run on Alexander-Arnold or Robertson, which they will at some point... You know, there's only one winner once they get a run, is what I'm saying. You've got to stop things at source. You've got to stop Van Dijk and Lovren in the middle. have got to be able to get a touch on it. The goalkeeper's got to be bold and brave. That, for me, is as much a concern as the idea of Marcelo overloading because, you know, that that, that can be where it's, it's won and lost at that back post. Yeah, you've got you've got all kinds of problems down that side. For, for anyone who hasn't seen it, go and watch the goals. Cause I, know, I saw loads of Liverpool fans getting all carried away with themselves because Madrid threw away a two-goal lead against Villarreal. Let's bear in mind, this was a game a week before the European Cup final. They started making subs and things. And, and they went 2-0 up. And they were 2-0 up, yeah. But, but the, I think nothing was, riding on it. They were third all the way through. Yeah. And this, the second goal, if you freeze frame it before Marcelo crosses it, I reckon you're saying, if that's against us in a European Cup final, everyone, we're all right here. And then Marcelo crosses the ball with the outside of his left foot, pinpoint to Ronaldo, basically standing eight yards out, who just leaps like a salmon and nods it in. And you can see the Villarreal players looking as if to say, I don't know how you stop that. I don't know what you do for that. And that's 
that's Ronaldo against the, the centre-halves, not the full-backs. And my concern is the same. With you. That, I mean, that was the problem. We saw it against Roma in the second leg. That was the problem Trent had all day there. This this will sound like I'm making it up. I, I, my barber's a Real Madrid fan. And I saw him this morning. He, his, his barbershop is Church Road, number seven, CR7, which is just fantastic. Um, and I was asking him about, about all of this. And look he, look, he looked very confident, let's put it that way. And he's talking about these things. He's talking about that ball to the back post. And the problem we've got is, and it's it's even going through, it, I went, I purposely went to look at the Spurs game to think that'll be a template of how we beat them. They beat them 3-1. That's how we'll beat them. And when I started looking a bit more closely, I got a little bit more concerned because I was like, well, all right, they beat them 3-1. All of the stats are in favour of Madrid. Spurs had something like 30-odd percent possession that day. And it comes back to something we talk about a lot in on this show. And it's moments. And we know this from experience. European Cup finals in particular are decided by moments. And the reality is, as you say, Trent is going to be exposed. One of the one so of the, Robertson. You know, so right. I think it's important. Robertson's only about five nine, five ten. Yeah. They get, either of those two gets a run. Absolutely. But and this two is are, the, their two are going to be exposed as well. Well, this is just the in a different way. You you Vacar targeted Carvajal, Munich targeted Carvajal. This is why it's such an intriguing game. There isn't. I don't. I genuinely don't think there's a clear favourite in it. And one of the things that actually, I think, gives me a lot of confidence and sort of settles some concerns is that even Trent, and this is a Van Dyke thing as well. But and Carrius, to be fair, we've got more players in the team now who, if they make a mistake, just let it go. Don't worry about it. I, like we saw it against against Rome, we saw it against City in the first leg, I think, where the spells where a 19-year-old fullback's going to be exposed, he's going to be under pressure. But the the speed at which he puts it behind him and gets on with the game, I think is really reassuring for stuff like this. Now, we're in a European Cup final and it might, it might be different. But I think they have to go into this. And I think going back to the psychology Sean was talking about, I think Klopp's good at this, saying to them, this team you're playing has won the last two European Cups. They are going to have chances. They are going to score, probably. We ha- As fans, we have to go into this game thinking, Ronaldo's probably going to score a goal in a European Cup final because that's what he does. Yeah. He hasn't, you know, he didn't didn't score in the in the two-leg semi, did he? I don't think. And that's no. going to be on his mind. I want to score in the European Cup final because that's what it's about. So if he scores, if they score first, whenever it happens... That's all right. And that's something that Van Dyke has brought to us very much, is that, isn't it? It's all right, lads. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, you wouldn't admit this to the squad, but, you know, look, it's a completely different level. We were in a playoff final and we knew exactly what Neil was saying before. We knew that if we were going to win, who we needed to come out of that game as man of the match, most realistically, unless we were going to have a bit of luck. And I think, you know, without the options on the bench, um, unless it's Van Dyke or Lovren from a set piece, we know exactly if we're going to win the European Cup, the likelihood is that our front three need to. They will have moments. There's absolutely no doubt about yeah. it. Even if you look at Chelsea and United, who are much more equipped than Real Madrid to shut this Liverpool team down. Even in those games, those one of them players had moments. Maybe not all three. Yeah. But we've been able to cause them them trouble. So we will. It's whether they take advantage of them moments. Um, you know, Modric may get man of the match for his passing, but it's highly unlikely that he bangs two in mm. from distance touch wood, obviously. Um, this, I think this is very much going to be very interesting because in a weird way, we have more match winners for those moments in our side probably than what they do. But they've got more players that if you were to ignore both penalty areas will make you look like they're much better. And that's a thing. I don't think the Liverpool team will have problems with that. It'll probably be one for social media. But I could see us watching this final going, fucking hell, they're good, without them actually hurting you. Do you remember what you said, Neil, about like Roma in the first 15, 20 minutes? Yeah. It's only when you kind of watch it back where you go, yeah, they are good. But actually, we've just got our guard up here and we're comfortable. Yeah. We're comfortable with them being good and they're not really hurting us. And I think that's a thing. I can see the, this Madrid team being really good in a lot of the things in between the two penalty areas that you like to see in a football team. But actually, when it boils down to it, it looks a straight shootout between Benzema, Bale, Ronaldo, Salah, Firmino, Mane. 
And it's going to come down to who who's the best on the night out of them six, I think, and who gets the makes the most of those moments. Because actually, Madrid probably are a bit better when you take them out of the way. You know, you you know that that's the bottom line. They probably will be better at the football and things in the middle third in terms of with possession. Mm. No doubt, we're going to be able to 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 press and trans and be good in transition a little bit better than them. But really, it's going to boil down to who out of them six players. You know, as the best night, I think. Well, interestingly, the, the, this lad from a sort of the Real Madrid angle thought his view was Bale won't play, Benzema will play because Zidane's Zidane's go-to is Benzema. And my issue with that, especially if that does happen, is benches. And I, I mean, I was thinking about this on the way in as well. I, I think I think we either win this in ninety, or we win it on pens or not at all. My my concern is our first eleven blow themselves out. And we're not winning the European Cup. And at that point, they're bringing on Bale, Asensio, Kovacic. Yeah. And we haven't but got that But I think that that's another power. reason why we've got to start fast. Yes. Because there is there is one big advantage to this Liverpool team starting fast. Um, at some point, Modric and Cruz tire. At some point, any sportsman tires. Yeah. And there's nothing that tires you, you more physically than doing something outside your comfort zone. You know, I don't care if you if you could do anything on a cross trainer in the gym, whatever. Mm. You start turning the gears up a couple of notches, you'll be amazed at how debilitating that can be. And I think if this Liverpool team come out the traps fast, then yeah, we haven't got too much of a bench. But the leveler will be how many of their lads who are used to playing. And I'm, you know, the, I, I, it sounds mad this, but the climate in Kiev won't be too bad for us. You look, it's, it's a twenty-one forty-five kickoff, isn't it? Yeah. Temperature levels aren't that bad over there. It's not like. You know, we're in south of Spain and this is, you know, we're going to be playing in 25 degree heat here that's going to affect us or anything like that. Mm. Um, you know, it's not raining in Kiev or anything like that. Obviously, the pitch will be pretty slick, but you're never too sure. You, I mean, look, it'll be it'll, it'll look amazing, but the actual speed of that pitch, you know, you look at the Liverpools and the Madrid, they are hosing these pitches to, to, to you know, aren't they the second the players come mm. in at half-time? With all the stuff going on pre-match, Whatever shenanigans they have going on at half time, this pitch might not play as quick as it does. That suits this Liverpool team, but normally it wouldn't. We're looking at how many times can we win this off Madrid? How many times can we break on them? Um, and, and I think the first 20, 30 minutes, I want to see this Liverpool team be the Liverpool team that we know. I think I think that will show us whether there's any hesitation. That's my only thing: is that the, the occasion isn't too big for these players. They freeze a little bit. Yeah, I th- just on sort of the positives of, of us, the, the ways we can expose them. And this is what I very much expect to see pretty early doors. Spurs and then I saw Barcelona in the, the highlight of that Barcelona game a few weeks ago. The ball, when we're talking about balls dropped over our full-backs' heads, balls dropped over Marcelo's head. The, 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 the goal that Ali scored is his first goal at Wembley. Spurs basically practised that a few minutes before. Ball over Marcelo's head, it drops, trippy crosses it. And the first time Ali's two, three yards away from it and they do the exact same thing a few minutes later and score. And for all our talk, and this is the big thing, isn't it? Marcelo, especially down that side, fantastic going forward. Wouldn't fancy much. Wouldn't fancy much defensively against our lads. And and the other thing that was that is very much reassuring for me is when you're going back through the clips of goals they've conceded, there are a number of times when their two centre-halves are completely exposed because their two full-backs are nowhere to be seen and you've got opposition players running at them and I very much expect I wouldn't to be surprised see... if they go down to 10 men. If we win, if we win, I th- if we win and play well, I can. I, I think some of them are walking a tightrope. Well, I, w- I was thinking this about us as well. About I know Jamie Carragher said on a show a few weeks ago that Rafa used to say to them, keep 11 men on the pitch. That's your number one job is to keep 11 men on the pitch. And I think that is imperative for us. We kept this team, we saw it against City earlier in the season. I'm not sure this team functions without 11 men on the pitch. Yeah, no, 100%. And I think, I think the other thing about getting at this Madrid side um, is that the best teams that have been able to shut us down, um, especially when they've been leading a game, I just don't see this Madrid team having, having the personnel who are capable of that level of mm. defensive work. I'm not sure all of them want to do that level of defensive work um, and I don't think they have as much even training ground practice and I think that's the problem is sometimes in life having choices is horrific those choices could actually be good 
but it's horrendous. Yeah. It's far easier not having any choices. And like Zidane tried to change his system for Munich. Now, do you go as a coach? It was the right decision, but I just we could tweak a few things and make that work. Um, and that's what I'm saying about the respect thing in that some players in the Madrid dressing room might be going, wish we were doing more on Liverpool if it's a case of Madrid just turning out to be the best they are. There'll be other players who, if you start doing work on Liverpool, might be going, hang on a minute, like, who, who the two-time European Cup winners here? And it's, 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 it's mad. And I, don't, I think with the Liverpool team, because they've not been here and not worn the T-shirt, you're completely guided by Klopp and you're completely bought into that. Mm. Whereas I think it'll be really interesting how, I, I don't know enough about it, but I'd, it'll be interesting to see exactly what preparations Madrid make. Because this is like a boxer going into a fight where, you're against a knockout puncher. You know, that's that's what Liverpool are here. And that's the problem is that you can't go into a fight like you can't go in and go, I'm just I think I'm a better boxer than him and I've got too much to be worried about. They could you can outbox this Liverpool team for six rounds and they'll clear out in one out of nowhere. They could be rubbish for 15 minutes and just blitzing in the next 10. And I think it, therefore, because of that, he has to make some compromise to that somewhere, I think. Because if they do play a possession game with Marcello bombing on, I just don't see how we don't really hurt them at some spell in the game. And and he's, I don't think he'll take that risk. Um, so I think he will make some form of a compromise. Um, me, myself, I don't think we'll see it. I, I would love to see... Me, I would love to see Mane on the right because I think he can damage Marcello, but also track him. I think we could nullify him, but I think we could still hurt him. But I think what it does is if Mar- I think if Marcello sees Mane tracking him and Salah isn't there, you're creating that room for Salah to run into anyway. Mm. That's the key thing. If Marcello puts the handbrake on or they come up with something else in that, you, ha- you will lose in that zone to target Madrid. And I think down the sides of the Madrid centre-halves is where we can hurt them massively. I think you might see that if we get ahead. I think you might see a lot of what we saw second half against City if we get ahead. Yeah, yeah. If we get ahead, I think he might just go. And he, he does it against Rome in the end, you know, with the Rome yeah. side effectively. We're almost just playing 4-4-2 or even 4-4-1-1. But as that game grows and thinking, well, we're going to hit them and we're going to spark them. And it might well be that he goes the whole hog and actually switches Mane's side. And I also think that the one for us on that is also he's got a Lallana sub up his sleeve where he might think Lallana can do me what Manny's doing me on the left. I can move Manny across to the right. We can go 4-4-1-1 and, and that can be part of our way home here. I can see all of that happening. Mm-hmm. I just think, Sean, for his, for the demeanour he's trying to set, for his, we play our way, for his, we're our lads, for his, we're back in, we're back in the boys, I don't see him starting like that. I think no, I, can I, think, think, I don't think he'll do that. Either. I think I, 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 I can understand he'll, completely why. Yeah, he'll go exactly, and that's that's the difference between me sat here and me sat in. It's in, the difference between it being a hypothesis to it being a reality. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and that's the difference between sitting here and you actually having to get all these guys to have a team meeting. And your aim in any team meeting was twofold. But the first thing psychologically is those lads should walk out of that room more confident of winning than before they sat down. <laughs> yeah. And you can lose this. That's that's your if that isn't gonna happen, why have one? At yeah. the end of the day. And then the second trick to that is that actually it is sensible and got and, and got a good prospect of actually being successful, irrelevant to whether they think it's a good idea or not. But the primary aim is they have to go out of that room believing they've got more chance of winning. And your big it is that you're relying on to go and be man of the match have to be happy. Because this is for them. You never know that this might be the only European Cup final they play and this might be the only game they can look back on. And they're looking at that singularly. Mm. Whether we like it or not, they're not looking at that for fans or Liverpool FC, nor would we. Do you know what I mean? It's your family and friends, it's your life. So you want to be able to go on that pitch and be the best you can be. So I, I agree with you. It might be that one of them, it might be that you go, look, lads, if there's a problem first 20 minutes... We're going to rehearse and practice this way of doing things because that if the shout comes, we need to instantaneously move to this and know exactly what we're doing and what we're looking to influence. It may, I think, I think like you're saying, he'll start the way we all anticipate him starting, and I, I think he'll want us to come out the traps, hundred mile an hour because that's that's probably the that's the best chance of getting at this Madrid team because they won't realise just how fast and good we can be. Doesn't matter what videos you watch or what who you speak to that's the key period for me I think something else is that's worth saying here because look we're, we're talking a lot about our fullbacks being exposed but it's very much worth saying that if I'm Klopp and I'm Trent and Trent's sitting here I'm within my right to say lads I played away at Man City against Leroy Sané and he didn't really expose me because on the deck 
one-on-one, I'm happy. I'm fast. I'm tricky. I've got good balance. I can nick the ball off him. So I think actually the, the threat to Trent more than anything is the ball over the top of his head. I, 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 think, I the, think Trent's the, biggest challenge will come that if we are doing well. If we're drawing or winning in the second half, whether he starts or not, I think you see Gareth Bale go and stand on him. Because, because for them, that power, that aerial threat. Yeah. You know, I don't think Ronaldo wants to go and stand out there for too long because he wants to be the main man. It's not the areas that he necessarily wants to be, and I don't mm. think Zidane would necessarily want him to do that mm. either. But I can see, I can see Gareth Bale being put on Trent. I mean, I hope it is because we're probably winning the game at that point. Mm. But I can, you can see, you know, you probably get a mixture of things to go at Trent with there, don't you? You yeah. know, it opens up the diagonal ball, the back post cross that we've been talking about. You know. Bale with a run is powerful. Yeah. It's better early than what you might anticipate. You know, the traditional great, great forward great winger early. be. So I think, like you say, it's. But Liverpool know this, and that's where Liverpool and Trent have got to do their work on the training pitch. Because if you can't outjump someone, you can't outjump someone. But what you can do is do a bit of work on making sure zonally you're good, your body position's right, you get a bit of a blocking, you at least make it difficult for them, and then it's also knowing what areas you a keeper's ball realistically as well and I think that's big in that there is a big difference between Gareth Bale heading the ball from 14 yards out compared to 7 do you know what I mean yeah. so also Van Dijk where are we setting this line on crossing how high can we go I think there's a I think Liverpool have to try and maintain an area line and go do you know what if, you, if there's a combination and you play through it's great but like you're saying Neil we can't invite crosses deep into our penalty area I think that that's where I'd be uncomfortable. I think Liverpool have got to try and be brave and hold the penalty area line and say, all right, if you play through us, we're knackered because we're flat. But you, if you want to cross, you cross them from 35 yards out into the worst case pen spot. And that, I think, the likes of Van Dijk and Lovren would be quite comfortable with. And then you're fighting for second balls if they try and target your full-backs, do you know what I mean? Mm. And I, I think where Liverpool set their lines, really important. I'm really, If I'm Zidane, I'm, I'm really worried about the first 20 minutes because we've seen this with City, what you do? Do you go deep and let Liverpool have the ball, which, which is, could be dangerous? Do you try and take the sting out of Liverpool by keeping possession, which is equally dangerous? You know, I thought that was what Pep was trying to do at City and, and at Anfield, sorry, and how well did we think they all started that first four or five minutes, made the pitch big. Mm. He's three zipped down, mm. 25, 30 minutes later, isn't he? And I think as, as much as Zidane's got a lot to consider, I just think the first 20 minutes of that is vital. And I think for this Liverpool team, when you've got, I've had young players go into finals before and the, you don't want them to think. It sounds mad because if they, if they take a second to think about what they're up against and what they're in, that's not a good situation to be in. If you're 100 mile an hour, just, just almost being a kid about it, being instinctive and intense in that first 20, and we embrace that. I think I think that's where Madrid are likely to be at their weakest, where we can capitalise on that. And I hope Zidane takes the view, let's dominate the ball. Yeah, I something I've, I've been thinking is, is, is the easiest sell to this Liverpool team, it's a free hit, this lads. You're saying to Andy Robertson, mate, let, let's, just, let, let's just all go through our history here. Andy Robertson, six years ago, is tweeting about how he's skint. A year ago, he's relegated with Hull. Two years ago, Genie's relegated with Newcastle. James Milner, did he ever think he was going to play in a Champions League final? Jordan Henderson, much maligned captain. Loads of these lads. Trent, a 19-year-old kid. Carrius wasn't even our first-choice keeper halfway through the season. So was a Chelsea reject. Chelsea, yeah, exactly all of these things. And is it easy to sell to these lads? Look, you have got nothing to lose. So all you want, all I want from you today is be the best version of you you can be. That's it. Full stop. Sean Rogers, Paul Cope, European Cup final. Let's go. Sean Rogers, Paul Cope. Thanks to Redbet for supporting us and putting this out for free. European Cup final. Let's go. Sports Social Podcast Network.